Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll be joined by our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, who's also doing a great job breaking down these college basketball games. Uh, let's talk about the NBA here, real quick. Uh, according to uh, the View from Vegas, our very own Dave Tooley reporting NBA favorites going six and three here on uh, Monday, five and four against the spread, though. The Blazers covered. As a 14-point dog, that was the swagger play that Thule talked about last night here on the show with the uh, with the Blazers having that long losing streak, snapping that long losing streak, and then backing them in the following game as the market still very low on them, rightfully so. This team stinks, but hey, the Hawks just beat the Pacers and didn't cover 12 and a half, and this line went from 12 and a half to 14. And the Blazers did cover, losing 122-113, so a nine-point loss there. The Nuggets were three-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, they uh, beat the 76ers outright, 114-110. The Kings were four-and-a-half-point dogs. They beat the Bulls outright, 112-103. They were up 20 points at the half. And then the Bucks, uh, the line flipped in that game. The Bucks were the favorite last night. They closed as a two-point dog. They beat the Jazz 117-111. Overs went 4-3-1. and one. The push was Denver-Philly at 224. The Lakers continue to be an embarrassment. They were outscored in the first quarter against the Raptors 33-12. They lose 114-103, so was a valiant comeback effort, uh, but still, you know, losing by double digits. And you look at this Lakers team now. It's, I, 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 I don't know what else to say about how lucky they are that they're still in the playoff picture. They're, they have just two wins in their last eight games, in their last 10 games, excuse me. They are 29 and 39. They are just a game up on the Pelicans. They're two and a half games up on the Blazers. They are three and a half games up on the Spurs. And they're five games up on the Sacramento Kings. 
The Lakers, I mentioned they are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games, but it's even worse than that. This team, let's see, has won two games. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I mentioned that, okay. 3, 11, 4, uh, 3, 11, 12, 13, 14. They've won three of their last 14 games. Four of their last 16 games. Five of their last 20 games. Uh, I mean, they're 5-15 and 15 in their last 20 games. Yet this team is still, still in the play-in tournament. This is, like, for the NBA to now adopt this play-in tournament, like, this is the only thing that is keeping LeBron James and the Lakers possibly getting into the playoffs. But honestly, I don't see them beating the Pelicans in that first play-in game. And if they do, I don't see them beating the Timberwolves or the Clippers in the second play-in game. So this Lakers team's not making the playoffs. And yeah, I stand by what I said a couple of weeks ago when I said the Lakers weren't even going to be in the play-in tournament. Now, I wish I would have gotten some help from Portland or San Antonio because uh, both those teams, or even Sacramento, uh, both those teams have, uh, all three of those teams have been almost as bad, pretty much as bad as the Lakers. So if the Lakers have lost 15 of their last 20 games, well, the Blazers and the Spurs and the Kings, they've lost also. So it's not like no one's, no one's gaining ground here. But Lakers are just one game up on the Pelicans, and pretty soon that'll flip-flop, and the Lakers will be the 10 seed, and the Pelicans will be the 9 seed. And then, well, see what the Blazers or the Spurs or the can do, and maybe even the Kings go on a little run here. Here's the Lakers' remaining schedule. They play... The Timberwolves on Wednesday. First game of a four-game road trip. Did you see what Carl Anthony Towns just did? Lakers ain't winning that game. Then they have to go to Toronto, the team that just dominated them here uh, on you know in this game. And I believe it was Frank Vogel after the game talked about the defense or whatever that uh, what was Toronto's defense, what they were able to do to them, and that's why it, they their defense stopped the Lakers and, and led to some looks or whatever, fast break points and all that stuff. So that's why they went out to a, a huge lead in the first quarter. Okay. No, you're just a bad team. Up next, then the Lakers are at Washington. Okay, hey, they beat Washington, so maybe they'll beat them again. Then they go to Cleveland. Cavs are fighting for their own playoff positioning. Then they play the Sixers, the Pelicans, Dallas, Utah, Pelicans again, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State. That stretch of games, starting with Cleveland, and if you include the Pelicans, you know, because you include teams that are in the play-in game as play-off teams. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight games against playoff contenders. With the only respite in there is a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, oh, by the way, just happened to be one of the best teams in covering the spread this season. And then you finish up the season, last game of the year, at Denver. Okay. So they have won five games in their last 15. With 14 games left, how many are they going to win? They've won five of the, their last 20, I'm sorry. 14 games left. Does this team go 7-7? Seven and seven? I don't see that happening. Do they go... Four and ten? Well, they just finished a stretch where they went five and fifteen. 
So yeah, I think four and 10 is a real possibility for this team. They're not good. Absolute fade material. Continue to beat, continue to bet against them. And at Minnesota on Wednesday will be another opportunity to bet against the Lakers. And man, Carl Anthony Towns was incredible against the Spurs. 60 points for Cat on 19 of 31 shooting. He was 7 of 11 from three-point range, made 15 of 16 free throws. Not only did he have 60 points, he had 17 rebounds as well. That was a dominant performance for Cat against the San Antonio Spurs. Tell me who on the Lakers is stopping that dude because it ain't ain't happening. Let's take a look at the schedule here for Tuesday. You got the Grizzlies at the Pacers. Memphis is laying seven and a half. The Nets are on the road against the Magic. Brooklyn laying nine and a half, and it's hard to not like the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I mentioned this a couple of days ago that every time the Nets are on the road now, they're a must bet with Durant and Kyrie playing together. Uh, This team is starting to click even without Kyrie the other day against the Knicks. They were able to get a win, and uh, they didn't cover, but they were still able to get a win. Now you put Kyrie into the mix now against a bad Orlando Magic team. Nets seem to be finding themselves now as they get closer and closer to the closeout of the season. The Heat are laying 13 at home against the Pistons. It's such a high number, and I don't, like it because the, the the Pistons are on an incredible run here. I think the Pistons, if I got this correct, and I'll ask our very own uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, who will join me coming up next, because he's been tracking this thing as well. I believe the Pistons have covered 10 straight games. That was as of the uh, 11th. So, have they played since the 11th? That was, yeah. So, it's a, oh, the Clippers were, that was the push. Yes, the Clippers were a four-point favorite, and uh, the Pistons pushed. They lost by four. So, they're 10-0-1 against the spread in their last 11 games. Now, they're catching, what did I say it was? 13 against the Miami Heat. That's a lot of points for a Pistons team that is as hot as they have been against the spread. And then the Suns are against the Pelicans in New Orleans, and uh, their line on that game is Phoenix minus five against New Orleans. We will talk more NBA and college hoops coming up next with our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, who you follow on Twitter at MeJVT. You follow me. Scott Seidenberg on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Is he going to back the Pistons against the Miami Heat? Catching 13. That might be a very similar hold-your-nose type play like we had tonight when we took the Portland Trailblazers plus 14. But, hey, they covered, right? A win is a win, regardless of how stinky it smells. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on Decent. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, 
Lil Dirk, and you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you? T- why are you tell me see the whole time? <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. By popular demand, the VSIN Help Desk has returned. Our writers, hosts, and experts are here to answer all your questions on all things college basketball. The VSIN Help Desk is here for you, not only for the big dance, but on the NIT, CBI, and CIT as well. Submit your questions at slash madness, and it could be answered by our experts on the air or on VSIN.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, and one of our experts our senior NBA analyst who's doing a great job with the college basketball as well as Jonathan Von Tobel. You follow him on Twitter at me, JVT, and he joins me here on the program. And JVT, let's start with the NBA action that we had here on Monday. Uh, the Nuggets beating the Sixers in a battle of the two MVP favorites. What did you make of the performance of the Nuggets in that fourth quarter to come from behind and defeat the 76ers? Uh, you know, it's just that Nikola Jokic is pretty good, man. And, and you know, it's funny. I saw on Twitter a lot of people were like, you had a plus minus of minus nine. Like, no, like stop using plus minus <laughs> as a parameter for how a guy performs in a game. Jokic was fantastic. Uh, and his eight assists. I mean, if you watch that game, Scott, like they killed them in transition. It was outlet pass after outlet pass from Jokic. It was starting these transition plays. It's what got them back into it when they were down by double digits, when they had that big second quarter, which they outscored them by 10. And ultimately went in. I think they were only trailing, or did they have a lead? I think they were trailing like three at halftime, whatever it was. Uh, they, they came storming back in that second quarter and ultimately win. Jokic and his passing was a really big part of that. So we only had 22 points today. Uh, I thought his skills were really on display here. Now, if you're using this as a barometer for who's going to win MVP, uh, I think that is somewhat foolish to do in terms of head-to-head matchups. You know, you and I have talked about this. Me, throughout the season, I've been pretty firmly in the camp of if I had a vote, it would be for Nikola Jokic. And today didn't obviously sway me in the other direction. I still think Jokic is the most valuable player to his team right now. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, speaking of MVP performances, Dude. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, right? 60 and 17 against the Spurs. Well, and also, I think, what do you have, 32 points? 32 in the third, in the quarter, third quarter, yep. Yep, yeah, yeah, no, it was incredible. So it's funny. So we get all the time, like I got asked the other day, it was like, hey, 
what do you think about Jason Tatum's chance to win MVP? <laughs> oh, yeah, he keeps this up, and they, you know, they win one seed. I'm like, stop. Like, it's not going to happen. Uh, and But I, I laughed to myself because I've got a Carl Anthony Towns ticket that I bet before the season started at 101 to win MVP. And I'm like, maybe there's some life. You know, like, <laughs> hey, Minnesota, look, Minnesota's a really solid and dangerous team. And when Carl Anthony Towns is playing well, uh, obviously they're going to be a dangerous out. And when you look at, like, just how well they've played. I mean, they already have 40 wins at this point of the season with about 12 games left to go on the card for them. I think they're 40 and 30 at this point right now. Um, they, they're pushing for the 60th. Potentially, it's going to be hard to catch up with Denver, who's one and a half games ahead of them, but very solidly the seventh seed right now. And they'd be the favorite in every single one of those matchups, whether it's the Clippers, the whatever the Lakers are at this point and the New Orleans Pelicans. So I think they're 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 going to be a playoff team. And it looks like they're going to be that two seven matchup against Memphis. And that's going to be a really fun and very tightly contested series. So this Minnesota team, I, I said it on Twitter, if they were going to play Golden State, I think they'd be very alive and they would win that series. I wouldn't really be surprised if this Timberwolves team was playing in the second round of the Western Conference playoffs. How impressed were you by the Bucks win over the Jazz? Yeah, I was. Well, I was upset because I had the Jazz plus one and a half. Mm. Uh, but no, it was. It's. It was when you looked at Milwaukee and the way that they kind of came back to a certain extent and kind of locked down Utah and the three point shooting really fell off in the fourth quarter. And Donovan Mitchell had a beautiful attempt from a three to cut it to a one point game in the waning seconds, and he just couldn't hit it. But I think it's a pretty good win for Milwaukee. Drew Holiday was absolutely brilliant. But what to me, it's seeing Brooke Lopez back out there is really big because it did seem like this was going to be kind of a nightmare for the Bucs in terms of their center position. And he only played 15 minutes, and he was only one of four from the floor. But the fact that their guys, their starting center who'd been there at the majority of this you know, run and this finals run that they had – the fact that he was uh, you know, back out on the court after a very serious back surgery that kept him out this entire time this season, that's my takeaway. The fact that Lopez is back is really big for this team. And now, all of a sudden, you know, a guy like Serge Ibaka, who they, who they acquired at the trade deadline, who you thought, like, ooh, maybe that's going to be their center going forward, or it's going to be Bobby Portis with his backup being Serge Ibaka. Now, all of a sudden, with a month left to go or a little bit less, now you feel a little bit better about the center position for Milwaukee because Brooke Lopez is going to work his way back here over the next four weeks. Yep, love that. Uh, looking at the schedule here on Tuesday, Nets are on the road against the Magic. Are the Nets just an auto play on now with every road game? Yeah, you know, I don't. I wouldn't say auto play, but they are definitely like that's where I'm looking first when it comes to uh, some of these games like Brooklyn. And to me, Scott, like I wanted to play them more in like the competitive games, right? So they had that three game trip where they played Boston, Charlotte, and then Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. You know, bet them in all three of those games because like those are some teams that the market's like a little bit higher on than an Orlando type team, whatever it is, and they'll be motivated to play in those games. And sure enough, right, if you got the six and a half against Boston, they stayed within that. They lost that game by six. Uh, they won against Charlotte in very solid fashion. Kyrie Irving was incredible. And then they took it personal and absolutely beat down Philadelphia uh, over in Philly. So, yes, like when they're on the road, when they're whole, they have the two best offensive players in the NBA. They're going to be absolutely incredible. You're going to be wary against a team like Orlando, one of the worst home teams in the NBA right now. At this point, I think they're only covering about 33% of their games at home. Um, the Orlando Magic. I actually pull that up for you get the exact amount. But I, I think your overall point of betting the Brooklyn Nets on the road, uh, that was circled for me. And yeah, at home this year, 35.5% cover rate for the Orlando Magic. Yeesh. Looks like a double-digit Nets victory. We'll see if you can get that in before that line moves to like 11 and a half or 12, right? Um, let's talk about this Heat game against the Pistons. The Heat are laying 13, but you've been documenting this uh, as anybody who has followed you on Twitter at MeJVT knows. The Pistons now are 10-0-1 against the spread in their last 11 games. Are we taking the points here against the Heat? Yeah, and depending on the number you got actually against the Clippers, they are 11-0 against the Spurs. Yes, so, depending, you know, yeah, they, they wound up being a push at the four, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. so, uh, but no, look, I think what's important about Detroit is, like, they're a team that kind of cares. You know, I, I likened them, actually, if you go back to last year with the Minnesota Timberwolves, Scott, the Timberwolves were a team that got their new head coach, Chris Finch, in the middle of the year, had made it a point to kind of, you know, say in media availability, like, we want to win games. We want to build something. We want to look ahead to next year. And they finished off the year strong. I can't, I think it was like 12 out of the last 15 games they covered or something ridiculous. Um, but Minnesota just wanted to win games. But the market viewed them as a bad team, a tanking team. And so you got some value. And that's been the same thing with the Detroit Pistons. The problem with the Pistons, in which I'm going to be kind of off on this game, 
they've shown some really poor signs in the fourth quarter, just being a young team, right? Uh, the game against Boston, in which they're, you know, to the nail, back and forth, one possession game the entire way. And then I think it's like six minutes, seven minutes into the fourth quarter, they only have five points, and you're like chomping on your nails, hoping they can stay within that number. This Clippers game, in which they were leading and, you know, back and forth the entire way, they blow that in the fourth quarter and end up, again, depending on the number you got, not covering. The Bulls game, in which they were leading the entire way, and they didn't cover because they failed in the fourth quarter. And that turned me off here a little bit because these fourth quarters in each of the last three games have been relatively poor. And now you get a Miami team who, you know, still has stuff to play for. They only got a, what, a two game lead over Milwaukee, I think, after the win tonight. And uh, they are somewhat healthy for the first time in a while. You know, Jimmy Butler's been in the lineup. Kyle Lowry's been in the lineup. Only guys listed on the injury report right now for Miami, Kyle Guy, Caleb Martin, and Javante Smart. So I, I hopped off the train against the Clippers. I didn't bet against them, but I didn't bet on them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like right now against a team like uh, Miami, I don't think I want a piece of Detroit as much as I love them. Okay, let's get, talk a little college basketball while I have you here, JVT. The first four begins on Tuesday night. An intriguing matchup between Indiana and Wyoming for the 12 seed in the East region. Hoosiers are laying four. Who you like in this one? So I, I laid three and a half on Sunday, and I, you know, I, I got to see this Wyoming team up close and personal when I was covering the Mountain West Conference tournament this last week. You know, I follow the Mountain West quite a bit, so I've seen a lot uh, of this Wyoming team all the way back when I was betting unders against Denver and when they were playing Cal State Fullerton and empty gyms at the beginning of the season. You know, there's a lot to like about Wyoming, but. Their offense is insanely simplistic at times. It's it's post up Hunter Maldonado, your senior six foot seven guard who can post up and work out of that, or post up Graham Ek, sophomore kid who's got a really good work uh, in the low post. But then outside of that, you know the, the offense tends to kind of grind down to a halt. If you look at their last two games in a really big hole at halftime against Boise State. They come storming back to kind of make it a sweat, but ultimately fall. And then against UNLV, build a big lead in the first half, but then ultimately fall off in the second half, allow the Rebels to come back and actually lead very well into that game before coming back down three, I think with about 45 seconds left to go or something like that. So I just don't like this offense overall. I think it tends to get a little stagnant, and I think Indiana's got the horses to match up with them down low. So I laid three and a half with Indiana. How about Wednesday's 11th seed matchup for the West region, Notre Dame and Rutgers? You know, I didn't bet it. I think I'm going to bet Rutgers. Rutgers has such a big size advantage. And actually, in my bracket for the uh, the guide, which is going to come out tomorrow, I picked Rutgers to win this, and I also picked Rutgers to beat Alabama mm-hmm. uh, in the first round, too. You know, I, I don't like that Alabama team at all. But I think Rutgers, with the size, the ability that they have, they have some guys who can score as well. I, I just think there's so many physical advantages that favor the Scarlet Knights. They haven't been good on the road this season, but I think against the Notre Dame team that's pretty weak on the interior, they're going to have some problems. Yeah, and uh, I think with Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker and the defensive intensity that those guys play with, uh, I think Notre Dame is going to have a lot of issues in that game. JVT, appreciate the time and the insight. Enjoy the games coming up tomorrow, and uh, we'll see if we're on the Pistons or not in this game. But <laughs> maybe in the first half only. We'll see. We'll hey, see. man, I'll never, I'll never slide it. Love the Pistons. Sadiq Bay is one of the best young players in the NBA. Talk to you soon, brother. See you, man. There he is, Jonathan Von Tobor, senior NBA analyst, doing a great job with the college basketball coverage as well. As you mentioned, the college basketball guide coming out, and you'll see his bracket and his picks in there as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Play free hoops for a share of $20,000 this March with the March Hoops Series presented by Five Hour Energy. Fire up your lineups in four free to play contests and compete for your share of $5,000 per contest. Head to DraftKings.com slash Five Hour Energy now to join the action. Five-hour energy. Fire up your lineup. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Taking a look at uh, what is going to obviously come down here on Tuesday night. First four action in Dayton. Texas A&M Corpus Christi against Texas Southern, Texas Southern laying three and a half. Indiana against Wyoming, Indiana laying four. We talked to Greg Peterson, Amal Shah, Jonathan Von Tobel. 
all of them kind of spoke about this game in somewhat different senses. Greg likes Wyoming. He thinks Wyoming has a chance to beat up on Indiana. Amal likes Indiana, but only at the threshold of where it is at four. And JVT already bet Indiana at three and a half. Me personally, taking a look at this game, I'm on Indiana. I I looked at the way that Indiana played in the Big Ten tournament, and that is what sold me on on this team in this game. Okay? When I watched Indiana beat Michigan in come-from-behind fashion, it told me a lot about the toughness of this team. And now I know Mike Woodson well from his time coaching the Knicks when I was in New York covering the Knicks, working for their radio station and whatnot. And the guy's got, you know, a defensive intensity. He's got a toughness about him. He's soft-spoken. He's not a guy that yells much. Sounds really like Tone Loke, you know. I'm uh, Mike Woods, you know. But uh, that showed me a lot of toughness. Looking at that game, Indiana was down at the half. What were they, down 13 or so at the half? And they come back with a big second half. And Trace Jackson Davis is a dude who, at 6'9", 6'10", whatever he is, can really score inside. We saw that against, in their following game, against Illinois. And full disclosure, I was on Illinois in that game. And I lost. And while I was watching that game, I was like, man, I mean, uh, shouldn't this kid have a harder, more difficult time scoring with, you know, Kofi in the middle? Right? And Kofi Cockburn had a pretty good game, too. I mean, he scored, you know, 23 points. He had a... Kofi Coburn, uh, you know, he he had a, a really good game as well. And I'm like, all right, let me see what this kid's doing. And Jackson Davis, a couple of spin moves, a couple of layups, getting inside. Kid looked good. Kid looked real good. And then in the loss to Iowa, scores 31 if I hadn't watched those three games, I think I'd bet Wyoming. You know, Indiana was a team that was right on the bubble. And those wins, those two wins against Michigan and Illinois got them into the tournament. And just based on everybody, and, and even like, yeah, early in the season, Jonathan Montobo told us, I mean, he was betting Wyoming a lot at the beginning of the season. I know Tim Murray was as well. A lot of our college basketball insiders were all, you know, talking about this Wyoming team uh, throughout the college basketball season. So I was just, you know, I would, if I didn't watch those Indiana games in the Big Ten tournament, I'd probably just back Wyoming just based on things that I've heard from guys here at the network talking about them. Because I don't know much about Wyoming. But I was impressed by Indiana. This is a team that I thought was dead in the water. I thought they had no chance. Nope. Watched them against Rutgers, and Rutgers came away with the win, and I was like, yeah, just forget about this Indiana team. They're not going to, they're not going to the big dance. But I, like I said, very impressed with their come-from-behind win against Michigan, the way that they fought against Illinois, and then uh, I just think now, I'll probably play on them here. I guess I'll lay the four. If that's the best number I can get, the only number I can get, I think Indiana wins this game. Then we'll see what happens against St. Mary's. But I think Indiana wins this game against Wyoming. And maybe look for a live number on the total if, it's trending towards the under. And we've seen that a lot in these tournament games, right? That 
It's a high-scoring second half, especially at the end of the game. A lot of fouls with the free throws. And in these Dayton games, it seems like these first four games come down to the wire. So, yeah, I uh, I think maybe we can, you know, find a good live betting number here. What I'm more uh, sold on is the other play-in game on Wednesday. I think Rutgers beats Notre Dame. And it's not just because I'm a homer, but I've watched a lot of Rutgers games this year. And that run that they had, and yes, I know it's it's at the rack when they're when they're home. They, that is such a great home court advantage there, and that run that they had, beating Michigan State, beating um, you know Ohio State, Wisconsin. This is that was impressive, and whether it's Cliff inside or Ron Harper Jr. running the point, Geo Baker's a, a great shooter, good scorer. This team is live in really any game that they play. You know, even in uh, the loss against when Wisconsin came to the rack, it was a close battle. They beat Purdue earlier in the season when Purdue was number one. This is this team. Rutgers is a tough, tough defensive team. Plays with a lot of fire and... Not only do I think they beat Notre Dame, but I think they're absolutely live against Alabama in the first round. Now, when they get to the second round and they play against Texas Tech, different story. I might like them as like a double-digit dog. I don't think they'll be double digits, but they'll be heavily underdogs in that second round. But they're going to be dogs in every game. They'll be a good underdog against Alabama, and I'm taking Rutgers with the points. They'll be a good underdog against Texas Tech. I'll probably take them with the points as well. This is a feisty team in the Scarlet Knights. And, you know, you always look for you always look for guard play in the tournament. You always look for scoring in the tournament, guys that can shoot. And to me, it's what Rutgers has. To me, they got guys that can, you know, they have guards that can play. I mentioned Geo Baker. They have guys that can shoot. Ron Harper Jr., Lethal from the outside at times. So I'm going to go Rutgers over Notre Dame. I'm more confident about that than Indiana, but I do like Indiana over Wyoming. Those are the teams that I like in the first four. Don't know about these 16 seed games. Frankly, don't care about these 16 team games. I know absolutely nothing about Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or Texas Southern. And then as far as Bryant against Wright State, uh, I don't know anything about Wright State. But I watched Bryant throughout the NEC tournament because I had a bet on Bryant to win the NEC tournament. First off, that home court advantage for them was unreal. The fact that they didn't play on a neutral site and they played that tournament at the home team's gym is just absurd. Bryant was the number one seed in that conference tournament, and that gym was insane. And, yeah, they had that championship game against Wagner where there was like a, a, a brawl. Not a brawl, but there was a, a potential fight in the stands. They had to pause the game for a half an hour. But Bryant really, you know, they they showed me. It was, it was exciting watching them play there in the NEC. I might be taking the points with them against Wright State in the other uh, first four game. Little, little northeast toughness there with Bryant. Uh, so that's what I like in the first four of the NCAA tournament, which will begin in Dayton coming up here on Tuesday night. And we've seen every single year team from the first four win in the first round. So who's it going to be? Because it's not going to be the 16 seeds. Although we'd love to see that happen again. We're not going to have another UMBC. But do we have Indiana, Wyoming or Rutgers, Notre Dame against either St. Mary's or Alabama? I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. What I like to look for when it comes to uh, the NCAA tournament is yes, trends sometimes can, you know, not be indicative of what's going to happen, right? Uh, things that happened in the past don't necessarily happen in the future. So there are a lot of people that really don't buy in on trends. But I kind of like certain trends. I kind of like things that tend to be profitable, not necessarily trends, maybe just betting systems, if that's what you want to call it. For instance, something that has been publicized over the past couple of years, and last year I know this was a big story during the NCAA tournament, was first half unders. We had, what was it, in, in I think the Friday of the NCAA tournament last year that got off to like a 9-0 and start with the, the first half unders. So if you just look at that alone, that could be an interesting way to attack some of these first-round games on Thursday and Friday. I think 
maybe though you can look for better opportunities to take the first half under. I would look for games that have steam towards the over. So you're going to get an inflated number. Look for public overs. Games that we've already seen the majority of the bets and the tickets on the totals pushing the total up. So let's say a game like, for instance, let's go with, uh, um, let's see, we'll start with uh, Thursday. Okay, Michigan-Colorado State. Michigan-Colorado State opens up at 139, right? That's your total for that game. First half total, 65. Right now, the 139 is juiced at minus 120. And let's say before we get to Thursday, this thing gets up higher. Maybe it gets to 140. Maybe it gets to 140 and a half, 141, whatever. And if it moves up to, let's say, a 141, well, the half timeline is going to have to be a correlation as well, don't you think? So if your total is 139, your first half total right now is at 65, maybe that gets bumped up to 66, 66 and a half, something like that. I'd look towards the under in the first half. Look, that, that would be the first thing that I would study when it comes to the line movements here. Look for games where the total has been pushed up and bet the first half under. That's something that I really like to, to look at. The other thing that I look at is how teams have done all season against the spread. Uh, Middle Tennessee is the best team in college basketball, ATS, this season. Houston, though, has had a very good record, ATS. Iowa, a very good record against the spread. But look for the worst teams, the teams that do not do a good job at covering numbers this year. And amongst, uh, I guess, you know, some of the teams that are in some of these matchups here in the NCAA tournament, you can look at, let's see, uh, as we go down the list, um, a lot of these teams are not in the tournament, but Alabama, that's the one that I wanted to find. I believe Rutgers comes out of that game on Wednesday. Even if it's Notre Dame, though. Take them against Alabama. Alabama this season, 11 and 21 against the spread. It's just not good. They are a bad team against the number. Why? Well, the team is just widely inconsistent as well. They'll go and they'll beat Gonzaga in in uh, uh, Seattle. And then they'll lose games in their conference that they have no business losing. So I think, I'm not saying Alabama's going to get upset and lose outright, which they very well could. And maybe in my, my bracket, I will have Rutgers with the win. In fact, I think I already did that in my gut bracket. So uh, what we'll, we're, we put that away. We don't even look at it until we finish our final bracket Wednesday night, and then we look at it and we compare and see where we add some differences. But I believe my gut told me, first off, that I'm hungry, but second of all, my gut told me, winner of the Rutgers-Notre Dame game, going to beat Alabama. But Alabama 11-21 and 21 against the spread. So you go against bad, the bad ATS teams. Uh, let's look for other teams that are bad against the spread and what their potential matchup is here in the first round of the tournament. Let's see. Texas. Texas this year, 12-19-1 against the spread. That's just not good. Texas against Virginia Tech. And the line on that game right now is pretty low. You're going to have Texas laying, what was it here? Was one, might even be lower than that now. Could it be 
Yeah, it's still one. Texas laying one. Virginia Tech coming off that run here in the ACC tournament, showing a little bit of their moxie, even though there are people that like to fade teams that are coming off the conference tournament win because just took a lot of that. Took took a lot out of them winning all those games uh, day after day after day. But when you consider Texas bad against the spread, maybe Vatek, little momentum after winning the ACC, comes out and handles their business there. Wins a game. Uh, Another bad team against the spread. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Seton Hall, 13-16-1 ATS. And Seton Hall is going to be in that... Uh, 8-9 game in the South region against TCU. TCU, a tough team, mind you, right? This is a TCU team that beat Kansas and then had to play them the very next game and had to go on the road, and Kansas, looking for revenge, was a heavy favorite, and yet TCU hung with them. After beating them, hung with them again in the second matchup on the road. So TCU and Seton Hall, that game's a pick 'em right now, being played in San Diego. You also have, you know, Seton Hall traveling cross country there. Excuse me, to San Diego. Listen, I know it's the NCAA tournament, and these kids have got to be focused on this game. You take a bunch of Jersey kids out of South Orange, you fly them out to San Diego on March, what, 18th? They might be by the pool a little bit longer on Thursday than they should be, just enjoying themselves some warm weather and getting out of the cold and uh, the snow and the bomb cyclone that happened this past weekend up in Jersey. So TCU uh, might be the play there against Seton Hall. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, As the best teams, as I mentioned, the top teams against the spread who have done a great job this year, uh, Houston, Iowa has done a great job. And I know that Iowa is a team that a lot of people want to fade here in the tourney, right? Especially when it comes to that first round matchup against Richmond. The line has moved. Richmond is a team that I was circling because they fall into my category of a veteran team that has a lot of returning experience from a season ago. I saw it at 8.5. It's up to 10.5. So a lot of people jumping on Iowa as a very hot team after the the performance in the Big Ten tournament. And Iowa laying 10.5, one of the best teams in the country against the spread this season. Maybe Iowa just runs the Spiders completely out of the gym. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We're going to continue the discussion uh, coming up next. Plus, we also got to get into the NFL news that happened. Uh, The Chargers making some moves on defense. How does it affect them in the futures market? This is The Look Ahead here on Decent. 